You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointing episode of the Doing the Work postgame show. As on Monday night, your number 10 ranked Indiana Hoosiers lost to the number 21, 22 uh, ranked Iowa Hawkeyes in Iowa City, uh, 82 to 88, dropping their second straight game to the Hawkeyes, their third in four games. And the Hoosiers now stand 19 and 6. 11 and four in the Big Ten, and, and any chance to outright win the Big Ten or or to share have gone away, unfortunately, for the Hoosiers. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, here with my co host, Kathy Amos. And today we'll break it all down for you on this edition of Doing the Work, the new show on the Back Home Network dedicated to covering IU women's basketball. Let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And our banner moment today comes from the 103 mark of the first quarter, or excuse me, the 206 mark of the first quarter. Sorry, I can't read my own writing. 206 mark of the first quarter. Alexa Goldby with a jump shot became the 31st player in Indiana women's basketball history to score 1,000 points. And it is the fourth person on this current team to score, to have 1,000 points or more. And she becomes the eighth 1,000-point scorer in Coach Terry Morin's tenure. So our banner moment today is Alexa Golbe joining the 1,000-point club. Our banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, now in their fifth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their first as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And did you know that among Home Field's large collection of vintage IU apparel is a shirt commemorating one of the most successful seasons in the history of the women's basketball program? It's true. When you go to the IU collection, you'll find a T-shirt commemorating the 1983 season when Indiana won the Big Ten and made its first NCAA tournament appearance. Given what the women's team is doing now under Terry Morin, it might be time for a new shirt soon. And if you support other college teams or have people in your life who do, Homefield probably has something for them too. Their product line now extends to more than 120 different schools with unique vintage logos for all of them. And no matter what you buy, you know it will be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. What could be better than that? Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. And once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, now it's time to move the ball, find the open player, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And that will be with our co-host, Kathy Amos. So she's here with the Amos Angle. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, hey, congratulations to Alexa Goulbay. They had a a great accomplishment for her, especially knowing this is her last few games with us coming up uh, to end her IU career. I'm really glad to see that uh, she was able to, to join that IU 1000 point club and really hearty congratulations to Alexa well-deserved and well-earned and and you know I thought that first half really was something of of you know and we'll get more into the numbers but but you start with that last quarter with the the first Iowa game and you go with the next two quarters we scored 94 points in three quarters it it was quite quite impressive but boy you could really see I thought in in my opinion 
that their legs were tired. Their offense wasn't there for them in the second half. Again, I'm sure we'll break down the shooting numbers. It just wasn't there percentage-wise, and I thought their defense really was was lagging for them on in the second half. Um, and it just kind of came back, and they just couldn't quite hold on. So um, I, I think that this has just been a really tough stretch, and uh, <laughs> we knew it going in, and I think we're really seeing some of the things we were concerned about earlier in the season, perhaps, with all of the minutes that the starters are having to get, um, then compared pounded with McKenzie's knee injury, and I'm sure she's not back into playing shape nor fully healed, and the team trying to get her back into the mix, and I thought that all really came to um, to a head in that third and fourth quarter on Monday night for us. Yeah, and and it made you maybe, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but maybe kind of a wondering whether the pace was something maybe we should have tried to play with the map, but we were having such a great second quarter you know, we went and you know, we scored 29 points in that second quarter that, and again, I know we're not really into the stats here, but I think maybe a little bit of fool's gold there. Don't you think Kathy, that we have, we're having a little bit of success, but couldn't sustain it. Yeah. I mean, we shot 54% in that first half. So, um, you know, I, I knew it would come down some, but you know, we, we really dropped off with 31 and then 40% in the two, the second and third, sorry, the third and fourth quarter. So it really dropped off, especially that third quarter. Yeah, and and just some again, kind of what was the first quarter on Saturday? There was there was some not easy shots, but open shots that we weren't hitting, and and that had to be um, that had to be a little frustrating for the for the players as well. Yeah, yeah, I would totally agree with that. So, and so, you got anything else you want to put into the Amos angle here? No, I think that that's plenty. <laughs> As we continue our breakdown of Indiana's loss to Iowa, we will point out Monday's meaningful moments you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to Doing the Work post-game show. I'm Jeff Marlowe here with my co-host, Kathy Amos, and we're breaking down Indiana's loss to Iowa on Monday, 88-82. And it's time for today's meaningful moments that you might have missed, and we're going to let Kathy go first. Yep. You want to go the same way and just start quarter by quarter? Yeah, same pretty much. I'd have gotten into the flow with that. So, um, you know, I thought just right off the bat, um, that first quarter was really nice. We started out uh, at 9.15 with a nice little mid-range jumper um, from Mac. But then right after that, it seemed that Iowa was really getting some um, easy buckets really early on, um, included with a couple turnovers. Nikki traveled in there and ended up taking that that 2-0 to a 2-7 run on us. And um and then right after that, it was followed up by another offensive rebound by Sonano um, to make it two to nine. So I, I thought it, I had really great hope with with uh, um, that McKenzie jumper to start off. But then Iowa just seemed to, I was a little worried in that first uh, two and a half minutes that we were going to, to have another repeat of, of Monday or Saturday night, um, Saturday afternoon. But um, with uh, Iowa jumping out to a two to nine lead. Yeah, and I will say I did not get to see much of the first quarter with some issues Hulu was having and big with Big yeah. Ten Network. But um, you want me to cover the first quarter? Well, I'll let you. But it, I, I will say that obviously we got back into the game or yeah. back into the quarter because the the first quarter uh, ended up twenty six twenty three. And so, why don't you give us a little bit more of the first quarter that you thought were key? 
Yeah, so then um, Indiana really started going on a run um, very quickly. And so at 732, we were down two to nine, um, made some buckets. And at 602, we had some really nice patience, I thought, on offense. On offense, We really rotated the ball, and Grace finally found Chloe McMoore-McNeil open for a three-pointer, and that ended up tying it at um, nine to nine. Um, and then uh, we had a missed shot, and Alexa got the offensive rebound and went back up for two, made it 11-9, and made it a 12-0 run for us. Um, so, you know, we really started getting some nice spurts. So we went into that media timeout 14 to 11. Um, so up three with an IU run. Um, then we came out again, just a little flat. I thought, um, we did get another three from Chloe Moore McNeil at the three and a half mark. Um, but then with about a minute left, Mac was blocked down low. Um, and I thought we were really struggling down low in the post in particular, and this was an example of that. And then Iowa took it down for two and ended up going on a bit of a run there and uh, outscored us by six in that segment. And so they were up 23-26 at the end of the first quarter. So I, I thought overall, uh, you know, we had that nice spurt in the middle, but Iowa really bookended the quarter um, with some spurts of their own. So, you know, as some people like to say, the basketball is a game of runs. And I thought that's what the first quarter was. We saw Iowa go on a run, then we went on a 12-0 run, and then Iowa came back and kind of um, came back ahead. So uh, outscoring us by six, um, or three rather, in the total quarter. Yeah, and and I was kind of looking at the overall stats there. Like you mentioned, we shot you know about forty five percent in the first quarter, but they shot sixty percent. And again, kind of we're going to talk a little bit about this later with the lingering storyline. But the defense, I think, is something we will is something we're going to kind of come back to time and time again here. And and I know Sanzano may not be is I know Max hurt, but boy, that's this kid looks a whole lot better, a lot tougher right now than she did last year. Uh, where Mac kind of held her own. And I know Mac's not healthy, not trying to take anything away. But, man, I've watched Zanzano really bury the post down deep into the post. And if she gets it that deep, we're not – nobody's stopping her. And and I just – you know, she, but really, Kathy, in that first half, I, I'll speak kind of the first half stats, it was – it was I kind of got the inference of once I was able to finally start watching, it was like they kind of took the attitude that they were going to let Caitlin Clark get hers and then see if they could hold everybody else. And, 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 and that kind of seemed to be working for them through the first half. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's what I wrote down for the first quarter anyway. So – um, I don't have anything else there if you wanted to to move on to the second quarter. <laughs> what about the – so why don't you go ahead and start the second quarter? I can chip sure. in a little bit with the second quarter. I was able to pick up about halfway through the second quarter. Yeah, so what I wrote down here is really we started off about the 8.30 mark, and Nikki came out and got a really nice offensive rebounds um, for us and then ended up driving the ball back down for two. Um, then Iowa went down and missed, and then I thought Keandra Brown um, had a nice, really nice rebound there. She got it out for Nikki again and drove down, and we took the lead there at 31.30. So I thought that was just a nice sequence there about a minute and a half into that, that second quarter for us, and I think that set the tone for the – Quarter, in my opinion, I thought that was the best quarter for us. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. And and when I picked it up, I it was still kind of just a two or three point game there. And I and I really liked the aggressiveness we were playing with when I picked it up there about halfway through the second quarter. We were active. We were forcing turnovers. I, I was thinking. I was looking at. We forced fourteen turnovers in that first half. So I don't know exactly how many were in the second quarter, but we really were aggressive. We were active. Our hands were active. And we were getting a lot of things in transition, almost really kind of beating Iowa at their own game. But like I was mentioned earlier, that may have been a little bit of fool's gold with a team that's not very deep, had played so many games. But 
boy, for for that five six that four or five minutes of the second quarter that I got to see, um, that was fun to watch because you know to, to me that's the way I would like to see the game played anyway. Yeah, I'm a little more of aggressive like that on defense. I like to play with some tempo, but it, it really was you know you know they really kind of had Iowa. I won't say on the ropes, but they they were had Iowa really kind of guessing second guessing themselves at times. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, and you know, uh, and it looked like we were trying to get down to to Mac a couple of times too. About five twenty or so left, we got the ball down to her, but unfortunately, she missed it. The nice thing, she got her own rebound, put it back up for two. Um, and uh, then she came back on on the other end, played some really nice defense that I think led to a Chloe, Chloe Moore McNeil for a steal. But what I really why I wrote that sequence down is after that steal. So Mac had great defense. Um, I thought helped Chloe get that steal. Mac sprinted and down to the other end and really ran the floor. And Chloe found her for two on the other end to pick it 40 to 36 for us. So um, I thought overall, and that was an example, I thought McKenzie definitely not a hundred percent, but in terms of the, was that the, her third game back now, right? Or fourth? Third. Third. Okay. Yeah. So her third game back, I thought this was the best she's looked since she's come back. Clearly not the same Mac pre knee surgery. I don't think we will probably potentially see that again this year, but you never know. I thought she looked a lot more active and a lot more aggressive on Monday, but what, what were your thoughts overall from McKenzie? Well, she got nine shots in the first, in the first half. And so that obviously she was more active. They were trying to get it to her. They seemed to be a little more in sync. Um, that's, um, that's one of those things that um, I thought was a positive uh, unfortunately, Mac was going to get in some foul trouble in the second half, but um, I, I thought Mac did look better. I just I think that's one of the keys to maybe holding Sanzano down a little bit. I just feel like in those two games, Sanzano didn't really have to work very hard on, or Sanano, excuse me, Sanano didn't have to work very hard on the defensive end, and and so she was really fresh on the offensive end. And, and, and we'll get into the second half here. I wanted to kind of point out there at the end of the half what a, a really great play Grace made to get a bucket as she made the drive with time winding down. She got the ball. She crossed over into the lane and got challenged and was able to switch really to her left hand and, and able to get the ball up off the glass and in to put put it to put Indiana up 11 at 52-41 going to the half. Yeah, I, I thought so too. And, and you know, I wrote down a couple of places here in that second quarter where I thought we had some nice defense. I, I mentioned it about the 522 mark um, at 343. Nikki um, forced a turnover that mm -hmm. turned into a fast break with Chloe Moore McNeil. And then 252, we had another um, great sequence where it was just great overall team defense that led to yet another Nikki steal. So I, I thought there were some sequences there where we saw the defense we had been seeing most of the year. I just think when we got to the second half, their their legs were clearly a lot tired, a lot more tired. <laughs> yeah, and and they got tired, and 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 I see some of the comments being made here by the workaholics about the the officiating. I will kind of comment on the officiating yeah. when we get to the second half. But I I when and I see some of you referencing. Yes, we did post the Grace Burger Show today. Uh, the next the last the latest episode, I should say, of the Grace Burger Show, and and it was I I didn't quite use the word with her, but I thought it was kind of a chippy game. I mean, and that probably was a product of two competitive teams, pretty good teams playing each other back to back. And I think both understood uh, what was on the line, but it really looked like there was getting to be some, some real, 
um, real feistiness between the players, not anything unsportsmanlike, but you just tell that it was getting physical. And, and, and as much as we're, we've seen people saying they thought that it was getting, you know, the rest called it tight. Uh, there were times I thought, man, they let a lot go. And, and, and so, um, that, that really, but, but it really what hurt us was our post players in the second half who ended up in foul trouble. Yeah, I agree. So, so what you got for the third quarter? Um, Nothing. I do want to, I do have stuff for the third quarter, but before we leave the second, okay. I do want to mention again, the runs. <laughs> so okay. we ended, are we not, we didn't end, but we had a 14 0 run in the middle of that quarter. Yes. That's so, kind of when I picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. So we were right in that 14 0 quarter. The only um, negative, I guess I wanted to, to point out and I, you know, is just, again, we've talked a little bit about Allie and, and sometimes of her, decision making and I thought there was 40 seconds left we came down and had plenty of time on the shot clock and she actually drove in and shot the the ball almost immediately into the shot clock um, and that ended up leading to an Iowa two on the other end. now Grace ended up scoring as well for us to even out but I thought that shot in particular was you know we could have you know I, I thought we could have you know used a little more shot clock um, before mm. we that out but we, we did end up um up 14 uh in total for the the quarter and going into the half up 11 so yep. um yeah and so we come out in the third quarter and uh i, I thought maybe i was going back and look at the play-by-play since we had a couple of days to to ruminate on this and uh at 951 so nine seconds in uh sonano got uh got the ball and had a layup and yeah. i think it, that became a foreshadow of that second half in particular. I wasn't trying to interrupt you, but that was one of the ones where I really, I kind of had her, you know, and this, they just buried her in the post. I mean, she just, she was deep. I mean, she was in the lane and when they got it to her, so there was really no way to stop that, but go ahead. Yeah, no, that was, that was it. I mean, we'll, I mean, we can talk in total, maybe, I know we're not into the stats, but I went back and I added it up because I couldn't find the, the quarter um, points <laughs> by player. Um, but what mm-hmm. I did is I went back and added up the play by play. And in the second half by herself, Sonano had 20 of her 31 points. Um, so she really, you know, it looked to me like I was really going down low. Um, I think part of it was, as we mentioned, the foul call, and we did have a couple of players already with, I believe two players had three fouls going into halftime already. Um, I know Chloe Moore McNeil had three, but I believe that Keonda Brown had gotten her third one as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they knew, I think they had us in um, foul trouble. A um, couple of our players had two already. Nikki had two, and I think by then Mac had two. So they clearly had a good game plan of driving it down, and um, I think that really showed. Um, but that was just an example, again, like right off the bat, where their game plan was. And really, I had marked down at the 555 mark. Allie hit a jump shot, and or a field goal, I, I recall, is a jump shot. She hit a field goal that put us up 58-48. That was her last double-digit lead. Yeah. And then Iowa came back with a, a with a quick 5-0 run to cut yeah. it to five. And then Mac hit a field goal with 345. And I think that was her only field goal in the second half. She only had three points in the second half. And part of that is because she got into foul trouble and, and set a big chunk of it. But um, And so that put us back up seven. And then you get an interesting situation at the five oh excuse me at the two forty three mark. You went for about two and a half, or, or excuse me, you went for about a minute. When nobody scored, and then Caitlin Clark drove, got fouled. They called the foul on the mm-hmm. drive, and she'll end up with an and one. But they went back and reviewed it and called her for a flagrant one with an elbow, I believe it was, that caught Nikki kind of in the chin, yeah. and. Um, so they ended up putting Grace at the line where she hit two free throws. 
and 62-56. And then at the 229 mark, Mac followed that up because we got the ball with a free throw. And and that probably was the that was our biggest lead, probably the rest of the game. I think I have noted 63-56. From there on, it really was kind of a one about a two-possession game. Yeah, that um, I had a lot of those same sequences written down. The the interesting thing with the 5-0 run that you mentioned from Iowa, that was right after Nikki went out with her third foul. Mm. So we were up 10, and then all of a sudden Nikki gets her third foul, and Clark comes in immediately and gets a three-pointer, and then uh, I think we had a missed shot, and then O'Grady went down again. Um, you know, she's Sonano's backup. So, again, going down low and got, in, got a two, and it was all within, I think, like a minute and change during that sequence right after Nikki came out. And I think soon after that coach put Nikki right back in. Yeah. And then they kind of had a quick four Oh burst right toward the end of the quarter that w- took it from 65, 58 to 65, 62. So you just, once it got there, I just felt like you, even if we were going to win, it was going to be a dog fight right. for the rest of the game. I did too. That whole third quarter, I think you could really see it starting to slip away. Um, especially right at the beginning, they really seemed to hammer us. Before the media timeout, they mm-hmm. they made up six points on us, and then another one point in that last. Um, one thing I, I um, did want to talk about just a little bit was right at the end, and I thought Grace Berger played a nice game. She right at one thirty-seven, she was. I thought she did a nice job finding her own shots and making her own shots, and this was nice because she had the ball. Um, she started going in for mid range. Um, they cut her off, but she went between her legs and behind her back and then stopped and pulled up with a nice jumper and, mm-hmm. um, kept us at 65, 58 there. Um, so I just thought that was really pretty. It was a great basketball move. And again, something you just don't see a whole lot, I think from players anymore where they can really, um, make their own shot off of the dribble that well. Yeah. And, and that's, I, and I, and for those of you who haven't had a chance to watch the show, we talked a little bit of grace about her decision to come back. And I think that was part of what was in that decision and i won't you know totally ruin the episode for those who haven't watched it yet or listened to it so (laughs) um but she feels like she still there are things she wants to improve on her game and by the way for those of you who have not seen my tweet uh that i sent out yesterday uh there was a really nice article that appeared on wishtv.com that's w-i-s-h-t-v.com out of annapolis about grace so if you didn't see the tweet you can go to the website at wishtv.com and there's a really nice story about grace there i'm sure it played on the news but but the written part of it is on on um on wishtv.com so if anybody wants to check that out it's a really nice article about grace and i didn't know that before i did the interview yesterday i didn't see it till you know yesterday evening um so fourth quarter yep fourth quarter go ahead you want me to start? Okay. Yeah. Um, and again, like I, I'm picking up where I left off with third quarter. The first thing I note down is about 8.30, so a minute and a half into that quarter. Grace Berger, again, gets the ball and creates her, her own shot and then um, goes down on the other end and really fought hard to get a defensive rebound. So, again, just I thought a nice sequence from Grace there. And um, I think we saw that from her the last few games in particular where it seems like she's just really stepping up and, and pushing, trying to push her production up even more. It was already good before. And boy, I thought she's she's just been playing really nice. Yeah, and then I'm going to kind of take it from the other side, uh, starting at the 7:44 mark, all the way through to the 4:08 mark. Iowa goes on 11-0 run. That essentially is the game. They go from go from us leading by five, 70-65, to now we're down 76-70. And I will say this is where I was texting you um, mm-hmm. and Ari that I really felt Terry Morin should have taken a timeout a whole lot earlier. We were turning it over. Um, we were not shooting well, 
and you just get the sense that Iowa is ready to make a quick little move. And in a game like that, at that point in the game, if anybody could bust out to a six, seven point lead, it was going to be an uphill climb for the other team. Um, and so uh, I just felt Terry should have maybe taken that time out a little quicker. And I, and I, and I get it. I'm not coaching it. I saw there was a great uh, feedback on Twitter today from, I know we aren't supposed to speak of the guy over in West Lafayette, but you know, and for those of us who think it's so easy, you know, go get our, go get our own team. I, I get that. But part of what we do here is critiquing. And I just felt that, that I would have liked the senior take that time out a little earlier there. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the same thing too, Jeff. Um, yeah, we went on the Iowa went on that level run and it finally took Allie at the 355 mark to to drive the ball down and she didn't make the shot, but she was fouled pretty pretty well and ended up making her free throws. Um and at that point though it was 72-76. So that that run just really hurt. And when you're going up against a team like Iowa, who is just, you know, a prolific scoring team and you're a team that is, you know, what will be five games in like 10 days or something like that. And clearly just tired legs. I, I just, I agree with you that timeout just could have came a little sooner. Give the girls time to, to recuperate, give them time to catch their breath and, and, you know, gather themselves. But. And, and I just felt that that was, or when you look at, it, I should say that's a five minute stretch in a game that you had the lead. Yeah. I, I just would have liked to see us try to break that momentum a little bit. Yeah, I agree. So that was really the key points I had in the fourth quarter because once they got the lead, we were kind of fighting. We really never did get much closer than three or four after that. No, the the closest, the, the only other thing I did, and again, not to say this would have swung the game one way or another, but uh, just to, again, comments on the officiating. Um, I, I did think that the officiating was tighter Monday than in most of the Big Ten games I have watched this year. Um, and that was not necessarily that they weren't fouls, but I didn't necessarily think it was balanced either. And I thought Caitlin Clark got off with a lot of push offs. And there was one at 118 that, you know, even the commentators <laughs> who seem very pro Iowa, in my opinion, but it, even the commentators said, oh, that was clearly a push off. Had they called that, that would have been Caitlin Clark's fifth foul. Now, again, right. with 118 left in the game, um, who knows if it would have made a difference or not, but it definitely would have changed the trajectory of the game. And when you have, you know, two players on Iowa that score 60 of their 88 points and one of them gets fouled, even with a minute and a half, we have seen that our, our team can still come back and they weren't down by that much. So mm-hmm. I thought that was um, actually mm-hmm. a, a moment that I had wrote down that really didn't didn't help our cause at all. Okay. I, I, w- I won't disagree with that. And, and again, I thought that, that some of the workaholics have made that comment that they thought Clark was, I won't say dirty, but that she was getting away with a little bit more than maybe the Hoosiers were. So, um, so that's pretty common though. Yeah. And, 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 and that's life on the road. Uh, yeah. it, it, when you look at the foul discrepancy, we had 27 fouls. They had 19. That, to me, that's just life on the road in the Big Ten, and you just got to find a way to overcome that. And when you're, and, and I made the comment, I think, uh, again, kind of don't want to preview the things we talked about, Grace, but it just not only is this team physically tired, I think they're just mentally fried a little bit when you play six games in 13, 14 days. It just, there's no rest for your, for, for the mind to, to kind of psychologically reset. And so I think this, these couple days here are going to be, are really going to be beneficial. That doesn't mean that they're going to win in Maryland. I hope they do, but I don't think they're going to look as mentally and, and physically as fatigued as maybe we've seen over yeah. the last couple of games. Yeah, I agree with you. 100%. So. All right. Next, it's time to go inside the numbers. We're going to pick out a few few key stats to discuss, both team and individual, and we're going to start out with Kathy. All right. Um, Well, I'll just go back to the shooting again. I thought there was a a 
stark contrast in the shooting for us. So the first half we shot 54% and Iowa shot 50. Um, we ended up the game down at 46% shooting in Iowa at 54. So it was really a tale of two halves. And especially in that second or third and fourth quarter, Iowa shot 50% and 69% in the fourth quarter. And if you go back and look at the play-by-play, -play, which I did, and I was reading it off to my husband and I said, oh, look at this, Sonano layup, Sonano layup, Sonano layup. And it was just, they were constantly inside. So I'm not surprised they were high percent shots that they just seem to be able to drive or get the ball down low against us. And you compare that to our shooting in the third and fourth quarter, especially that third quarter, we only shot 31% from the field. And again, it's just, it's just really tough when you're having a, a you know, a, not, I wouldn't say a tough shooting night because it wasn't like that <laughs> the whole night, but a tough shooting quarter, 31% um, compared to 50% 50 50 in that third quarter for Iowa, I thought just really swung the tide. Yeah, and when you look at we held them, or maybe they just upheld themselves, but they only shot two for 19 from three for a team that really shoot, usually shoots it pretty well. They only, you know, they only shot two, or excuse me, four for 19. Sorry, I was looking at the second half, uh, two. They shot four for 19, 21%. And so mm -hmm. defensively, we were pretty good on the three, but we yeah. were also allowing Sonano to get, you know, 31 and, you know, basically in the paint. So um, I'll kind of go to another yeah. number that we've tracked a lot this year with this team that when they're successful is the free throw line. They were six, mm -hmm. we were 16 of 20, 80%. And so, again, this team has started to make some better use of the foul line right now. They're just not being able to get over the hump in some of these games that, that we'd like to see them win. I mean, let's face it. They've lost these two games to Iowa by five and by six. I mean, so it's not like they're getting blown out. Right. Right. Yeah. Although the Iowa, the first Iowa game, to be fair, <laughs> was looking like that until their their fourth quarter. By the way, um, Jeff, did you know, I know we talked about in our post game of the first Iowa game that that fourth quarter was not just a program record, but it was actually a conference record. Right. Points. I didn't realize it was an entire conference record I, until after our show. But, um, okay, another stat we talk a lot about are turnovers and points off of turnovers. And, you know, that's another place where we actually won the battle again against yeah. Iowa. Um, we forced uh, 21 turnovers, only committed 14 ourselves. And we scored 30 points off of those turnovers compared to 19 for them. Um, so again, I just thought that was, you know, just another nice stat for us. I think I was kind of prone to turnover, um, and, and but we definitely forced quite a few of those. So that was a positive note for us. And we won the for one of the few times that I can recall this year, Kathy. We won the the points off the bench battle. We scored 15 points off the bench. They only had 10. Yeah, yeah, you know? and 11 of those from Chloe. Right. And I Keandra had the other four. And and yep. and so, but that may have been again another one of those things, you know, that again didn't go deep. Grace yeah. Wagner got a few seconds, but really we didn't play much more than six. Yeah, yeah. For much of that game. Grace uh, Wagner played two minutes. So Keandra 10 and Chloe 18. So yeah, a lot of high minutes again for most of our starters outside of Mac. Yeah, and and Allie as well. But uh, so I'll let you go with the next one. Yeah. Um, Individual I, or team. You can go either way. Yeah, I'll stick with the, the team still. Um, again, um, points in the paint. I, we really talked about it. Actually, both teams are really high. Um, so you talked about the three-pointers. Both teams together only shot or made eight, eight three-pointers. So it was definitely an inside game, I thought, on Monday. And the points in the paint showed that with 40 for us and 46 for them. Um, and to be honest, I, I thought our uh, theirs would be a little higher based on how many Times Sonano, you know, scoring 31 points, of course, a good chunk of those came in from the free throw line. Let me find real quick. Oh, yeah. So 10 of them or five of them, I guess, only from the free throw line. Right. So, um, 
so 26 points for her and i am i would bet a lot of money that all 26 came down in the paint <laughs> yeah and, and not to correct you but 31 for sonato yeah what did i say you said 26 but she had 31 oh, yeah. <laughs> and 26 i'm probably think off of field goals yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she had five only points. Okay. For us. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was very clear on that. Sorry. No, that's fine. I get you now. I, I get you. Um, I'm going to go kind of into or I'm going to go one more team stat as well. We got out rebounded 37 yeah. 27. And in a game that you lose by six and a game where you had the lead, I think rebounding, anytime you get out rebounded, the margin matters. And being minus 10 on the rebounding probably came, came back to haunt us a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And most of those are in the second half. It was 18 to 19 in the first half where um, on rebounds. So, you know, they only out rebounded by one in that, but nine in that second half. And um, yeah, so they had quite a few seven offensive rebounds again. So yeah, I think that was all I had in terms of team stats that I wanted to kind of point out. All right. You go ahead with the, or you go first with the individuals. Individual team. All right, cool. Yeah. So I'll, I think I'll just go jump to the obvious. We've talked about her a lot the last few games and that's Grace Berger. I mean, I thought she just ended up with a nice solid game, 22 points, three steals, a block, um, three assists, only two fouls for a night where, you know, we had three girls end up uh, falling out. <laughs> um, so end up with only two fouls herself. I thought that was great. And she had four rebounds as well to go with it. So um, just overall a good night. Uh, just, I guess a, the only slight negative is three turnovers, but none of those really came at a time where I felt they were completely egregious. At least they didn't stick out to me. So I thought again, overall, Grace just had a really nice solid game. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of go with Chloe Moore McNeil here as the person, first one I'll stat out. Uh, four of six overall, three for five from beyond the arc, uh, two rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Uh, you know, and I thought Chloe played another – and I think we've really seen the growth of Chloe Moore McNeil here in the last month, and I and I really like the way she's playing, and, and not only for them this year, but for what she could bring to the game next year. And and I really and, – and Eagle, I see your comment there in the, in the chat – yeah, it was, a, it was a little bit of a hostile environment. I think the official attendance, they had it just around 7,500, 7,510. So, you know, but they had a lead. And, and yeah, in a tough environment, we just got to find a way to to get over the hump, as Mike Woodson would keep saying, in, in, in the environment, especially especially for a group that had been having some success and, and, and has been pointed out on here a couple different episodes. The, the COVID pause didn't do us any favors. Right. Not only did it take away kids' ability to stay in shape, but we were flowing pretty well through there. And then you had to take, you know, they end up making us play two games that instead of where they normally would have been, now they get squeezed into this, you know, condensed part of the schedule. So that, that was my first one on individual stats there. Kathy, who else you got? Yeah, um, just uh, I'll talk a little bit here about Nikki. I, I thought she had quite an interesting game. Again, I thought for the most part she was pretty good on defense. She did end up fouling out. Um, but again, she just, she had a tough matchup, right? I mean, Caitlin Clark is ridiculous. So, uh, it's hard to, to, to blame her too much on, on the fouls. I mean, she was doing her best. Um, she did have three steals, but on the negative side, she did have six turnovers. And I thought a couple of those came at really bad time and they were live turnovers that I thought, um, turned into to some big Iowa points for her or for Iowa. So I, I thought it was kind of a, you know, half and half game. Again, Nikki's defense rarely fails to show up and it did, but I, again, the turnover bug seemed to kind of bite her with six of our 14. So almost half the team's turnovers. Yeah. And, and, and you can't have your point guard can't have six turnovers, yeah. you know, for as well as she plays defensively, your point guard can't have six turnovers um, in, in that situation. Um, 
I'll go to Allie and, and I, and I'm going to bring this back up a little bit later when we get to kind of lingering questions as well, but Allie double figures, but she was three for 11 overall one for five on three. Now she was four, four at the line, but no rebounds. Yeah. And she only had one assist and one steal. Yeah. So I, I'm not for everything that Allie Patberg brings to this team. It, I, it, it just, and I'll bring this back up in the lingering story, lingering questions. In my opinion, even when Max healthy, you look at this year, this team is kind of going to go as Allie goes. If Allie's playing solid, she doesn't have to score a bunch. If she does, great. But if she's playing solid and, and chipping in a lot of different places, like getting four or five rebounds, three, four assists, we're probably going to be on the right side of the win column. Yeah. I, you know, I, I agree, Jeff. Um, I, you know, she had some nice moments in there, but I think we need more from Allie than nice moments. <laughs> I think we need a, a nice game, a full rounded game from her. And it didn't feel like she quite showed up again for us in total, like the Allie we can see. And again, it was it was a fine game, but it wasn't a game that we know we can get from her. Again, I look at that assist line, even there's nights when maybe she's not up in the upper teens or 20s scoring, which we don't necessarily need from her that we do need the assist from her. And I, I thought that was lacking on Monday. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and so, and I, so I'm saying, I think that's, that's yeah. where you kind of get the idea that we go as she goes. All right. I'll give you a chance to talk about anybody else you want to hear. Um, nothing for my team. Again, I just wanted to point out again, you know, looking at Iowa uh, in terms of their score, you know, the last time we played them, they had five people in double digits. They had, um, three this time, but <laughs> Caitlin Clark and uh, Monica Sonano um, scored 60 of their 88 points. Um, and then another 16 from, from Warnock. So, you know, even if you can find a way to shut or even cut in half, or you don't even need to cut in half, like 25%, either one of those, those players and slow them down. Um, we won that game. So, I, you know, it was just, I, I just felt like, and I think I texted this to you, it was a tough matchup for a tired IU team. Yep. Yep. I, I totally agree. So I, I really don't think uh, we did. We kind of touched on McKenzie a little bit. She did finish with 13 points her first time back into double figures. She was five for 12. So yeah. not maybe the percentage you normally would get from Mac, but, and she was three or four at the line, but probably she got in foul trouble. She ended up fouling out in the fourth quarter. I'm, I, and I'm not sure that totally is what doomed us in the fourth quarter. I think we were already starting to lose yeah. The, the the momentum and possibly the lead before she found out or before she found out, but um, that she did. It, it'd be nice to see if, if that can be sustained, if Matt can find a way to get the 12 or 13 every game and be a little more efficient and, and not foul out. Then again, that's a huge thing. Even if she's not hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't have anything else um, either. Um, just, I guess I should point out Grace Wagner did get in and she got in and had a nice block there, I think in uh, at the end of the third quarter. So she did get credited with a steal. Again, we know Grace is choosing not to come back. She's going to concentrate on her schooling. So I was just happy to see Grace get in there um, and, and, and get contributing to our stat line again. So congratulations to Grace on her block and steal. <laughs> yeah, and and that's you know I was looking in here as Kirkwood's wanted to that Lex might change her mind. Yeah. There is a possibility Lex might change her mind, but I, I get the feeling that it's pretty pretty well made up at this point. And I would think if if yeah. she was going to change her mind, her teammates had worked with her already. So I I, I think that's I, yeah. I, I I won't be shocked if she changes her mind, but 
it will surprise me if she does. So yeah, I, I would love to have her back. She said she wants to go back to Europe and yeah. play there. So I, I don't blame her. And she I can make, she can make some money. Yeah. And while we're talking about it, um, Nikki's not coming back because she's out of eligibility. She had that transfer year. So that's why she, this was her COVID year. So just uh, yeah. to kind of clear that, clarify that for one. But okay. I have no other individual stats. Any additional storyline you want to talk about here? No, I think uh, when we get to closing thoughts and lingering, lingering questions, I can leave it for that. All righty. So you're listening to the Doing the Work IU Post Game Show. Uh, catch us live immediately following most IU women's games. Obviously, there wasn't a game tonight. We're doing this delayed. Uh, you can find us on our website at simplycall.com. Also, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops mail email newsletter. Over 9,000, closing in on 10,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. So join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. I'm Jeff Marlowe here with our co-host, Kathy Amos. We're breaking down Indiana's loss from Monday against Iowa, an 88-82 loss. And it's time now for game balls. And Kathy, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I think this is another easy game for me, at least, to decide on who I was giving my game ball, and that's for Grace Berger. Again, 22 points, um, you know, three turnovers, three assists, the steals. Um, she didn't foul. I, you know, we already read off her stat line, so I'll stop. But I thought just, again, I thought she showed she came out and was really on fire. I think she was really wanting to make up for that loss already to Iowa. So I, I thought she would played great. Yeah, and, and I think that mentality is what we can, you know, for again, for the people who want to have a chance to watch the episode or listen to the podcast, that really came across when we were talking with her yesterday, or I was talking with her yesterday, and I'm going to go with Grace here as well. And, and really over this last three, four games, you've really seen the Grace Burger that we all thought was going to be, an, you know, and I think she is, but that we that was protect, predicted to be an all Big Ten first team player again. And, and we've really seen that really step up here in these last three, four games. And it's not always scoring. We've all, you know, we've often pointed out and you especially like to point this out that, um, you know, she had four rebounds. Well, that was second on the team. Um, and she ended up with three assists, which was second on the team. And she had three steals, which tied for the lead. So she's always right there. You know, she may not be getting triple doubles like she did three times last year, but she is always one of the leaders in our, when you look across the stat line as a whole, and right yeah. now she's found her shot a little bit and it's starting to show up in the scoring. Yeah, totally agree. So, well, that will give Grace Berger <laughs> six game balls, Mac with three, Nicole with three, Allie with three, and Lexa has one. And now it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services. Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Remember, prevention cannot be measured, so let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. And Kathy, I'll give you a chance to go first here. All right. Yeah. So for my Hoosier Hustle Award, I'm going to go with Chloe again. Um, she ended up giving us a good 18 minutes. Um she was four of six shooting. Three of those were three pointers and gave us a nice 11 minutes, including a steal. Um, I, I know it only has two assists for her in the stat line, but it, I'm not. I, I probably wrote some stuff down wrong, but I felt like she was all very involved as well, trying to find um, her other, uh, maybe it was more hockey assists that I was thinking of. But I thought overall, I thought Chloe had a nice game. You know, she, again, she's not going to be Nikki on defense, but she did her best to come in and, and try to help on, on defense out on the perimeter and stuff. And um, I thought she did a nice job. So I thought she really came in off the bench and just really hustled for us. 
I, I'm going to go with Chloe too. That was my pick um, as well, even before you went. Uh, and I just feel like two things. You can see her confidence growing. Earlier in the year, she would sometimes hesitate before she shot, especially on the three. Now she's, she's willing to just let it fly. And I really think the last couple games with Iowa especially, and even the Northwestern game a little bit, you can really get the sense that she may thrive in a little bit more of an open floor game. Maybe she's not quite right at this point yet um, ready for some of the continuity motion set type stuff that, that coach Warren runs predominantly, but mm-hmm. boy, in this up and down game, that third, that fourth quarter on Saturday, uh, the first, the second, and you know, and, and, and really a lot of this game, but I really thought she looked good in the kind of open floor filling lanes, getting out. Maybe she had the ball and making good decisions. So I, I'm going to go with Chloe for the, for the Hoosier hustle award as well. Great. <laughs> that makes it so. easy. Yeah, it does. And and so that gives Chloe her fourth Hustle Award. Uh, she's tied now with Grace Berger with four. Nicole has three. And then Mackenzie, Keandra, Lexa, Grace Wagner, Caitlin Peterson, and Allie Patberg all have one Hustle Award. So, Kathy, any lingering storylines you want that we should hit here or, or before we get to lingering questions? Yeah. Um, just just in, in general, I, I'm hoping – you know, we have one more regular season game here. Uh, we go up to Maryland on Friday. So we have basically three full days of rest in between. And I hope that they can really take advantage of that, both both physically and mentally. I, I really think that that's the biggest thing for me is uh, can they get their legs back? Can they get their, their mental um, – I don't want to say toughness because that's not that's not the right word, but get just mental rejuvenation going <laughs> and find their defense again. Uh, and I, I know Iowa is just a really, again, a really, really tough matchup for anyone. But we have seen other teams, IUPUI, as an example. They held them in the 70s. So if IUPUI could do it, I would think that a, a healthy and, you know, at least semi-rested Indiana team could do the same. So that's what I'm hoping to see Friday against Maryland. And and Maryland held them to 69 just a week ago. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. and I know, and, and, but I, I don't want to fall back on the thing that Mac's hurt not 100%. Mac wasn't 100% in some of the games we played. Now, again, we weren't playing Iowa, but we didn't give up 88 and 90 to Michigan when they were, at, you know, rolling at, you know, at home. We didn't play very well, but we still right. played solid defense for the most part. We just got beat by a better team. And, of course, we got pounded on the glass. But I really have some concerns about the mental and especially physical fatigue. And now maybe it'll go away with a little bit of rest. I think it's huge. I mean, to me, the even bigger rest period is going to come from Friday to either Thursday or Friday, depending upon when they play in the Big Ten tournament next week. You're looking at possibly a full week without playing. I mean, again, I, I know practices happen, but it's not the same as going up no. and down the floor in a 40-minute game. I think that week could really do wonders for them, right. both mentally and physically. And it will help Matt get a little bit healthier as well because he's not having to worry about play, other play. Now, you get this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you may have to win four games in four days or or three games in three days, whatever it may turn out to be. But um, I I do have some concerns about the defense. We saw a little bit against Nebraska that Mm -hmm. that the defense was – um, uh, lacking and, and, and wasn't up to what we've come to expect from this group. So, and then Iowa puts up 96 and 88. So I don't think we can just say it's all because Iowa is a great offense. 
No, I don't either. I don't either. And I don't want to necessarily say it's because uh, McKinsey is not 100% healthy. That's absolutely a part of it. I don't think it's all of it, though. I, I really think fatigue is really set in. Uh, and that is, uh, you know, exhibited because um, when, you know, McKinsey wasn't even there, I still think we had some games where we were playing really tough defense even without McKinsey. So we've shown yeah. we can play tough defense even when McKinsey was completely out. And, you know, again, I, I understand Caitlin Clark averages 28 points a game, but she had 29 points on, on Monday, and that wasn't because McKinsey wasn't fully healthy. Yeah. And Sonato's not averaging 30, and that's what she had. Right. Exactly. And, and, and such. So I, I just think that, you know, I know it again, I get, I get it. Ari's in the chat saying it's a, you know, wants to get Iowa off the schedule, but we also gave up 75 to Nebraska. And, and yeah. so, you know, Nebraska is not an elite offensive group. So um, no. that's, you know, that's what it is. Um, anything else here? No, I think that really gets most of my my lingering questions, actually. <laughs> uh, workaholics, if you guys got any lingering questions, any questions you want us to try and answer, and before we get the last call, we'll try and answer it if you want to put them into the chat. Otherwise, you know, we, you know our lingering storylines are probably the questions we have going forward. What what can we what will we look like on Friday against Maryland? And that will be our next post-game show. We'll be after the Maryland game Friday night. That game is on BTN at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. And then Kathy and I will be right here with the Doing the Work show afterwards. Maryland now up to number 13 in the country, 20-7 and seven overall. They're 12-4 and four in the Big Ten. Uh, they've won eight of the last nine, but that one loss was to Michigan on Sunday, 71-59. to 59. So they average 79.5 per game. They allow 67. So another team that can put points on the board if we're not playing good D. Uh, they have five players who average double figures, led by Angel Reese at 17.6. Uh, they lead the all-time series 11-1. We talked a lot about this earlier in, in January when we had that big game in Bloomington, but that one win was yeah. earlier this season in Bloomington, 70-63 in overtime. Um, and so that will be our next game uh, for the doing the work. And then tomorrow night, uh, Thursday, the Assembly Call Men's postgame show will be after the men's Maryland game tomorrow night. And I believe that's an 8 o'clock Eastern time start, too, but don't quote me on that. I, so. I forgot to look. Um, so you're listening to the Doing the Work uh, IU postgame show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME at checkout to get 15% off your first order. Okay, it's time for last call. And, Kathy, I'll let you go first again on last call. Okay. Uh, the men's game is at 7 Eastern on Thursday. Okay. And yeah. Ari's put that in the chat, too. Thanks, oh, Ari. Oh, I missed it. Sorry. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, so closing thoughts. I, I I hope right now, uh, well, maybe not right now. Hopefully they're getting some, you know, rest and homework or whatever. And, but hopefully today they were spent a lot of time, you know, rehabbing, getting kind of uh, – get some treatment going on for their tired legs and their injuries and everything else going on. And, and what I hope they're watching that Maryland's game from earlier this year. So you point out we beat them in overtime earlier this year in Bloomington. I'm hoping from a mental aspect, if we watch that game again, maybe that will give them the confidence to remember they can beat this team, whether it's on the road or not. They have the the firepower and they have the ability and the talent to do it. Um, they just need to remember how they got there to begin with. Yeah, and Maryland's underachieved a little bit this year. They, 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 because when we played them, and Grace had talked to me about this before the game, it, it, they are so athletic. They literally switch everything one through five. And so that's, you know, 
that's that's a really tough matchup for us because we're not real good at getting downhill and we're also not a good three-point shooting team so that allows them to really match up pretty well was I, I for me it's it's all about just getting mentally fresh i, I agree with yeah. you just kind of that mentally rejuvenated and i think that will help their physical it, they're still gonna be tired but when you're when you're not mentally tired you don't feel quite so sluggish in your legs and so i think that's I think that's you know a, a really big key for what I'm going, and I want to see the defense lock in a little better. I really do, and because there were times when it's not just Iowa's offense. There were times, and we talked about this in the last post game show, where you could see some miscommunications on whether they should be switching, on whether they were going to hedge. What they, you know, they they there were some miscommunications there, and that that that's got to get cleaned up. Uh, I will say this: I think Denny asked the question here: uh, a cold pillow or a warm pillow? Denny, for me, it's a cold pillow. <laughs> Same. Yeah, <laughs> even in the even in the winter, I I like my pillow cold and. And Quang with like the Barbara Wawa question here, you know the Barbara Walters question: What kind of kitchen gadget would you want to be? I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'd want to be. If I don't even have game. a blender. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I don't even have one. So I guess I'll be a blender. <laughs> so, um, you got anything you want to add here? No, no. I think I think that's plenty. <laughs> Well, that'll do it. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. And thank you guys for all the workaholics who showed up tonight for listening and watching. And we'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Friday night. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. We gotta be able to get some music or something figured out here so we know. I know. So so um yeah, and so an interesting, interesting game Friday night, because you would think Maryland's gonna be loaded and ready. They've got yeah. stuff to play for. You know, we didn't really talk about scenarios a whole lot, but uh, I wanted to save those more for, for Friday after Friday, but both teams really probably need a win to secure that double buy in the Big Ten tournament. The loser right. probably going to end up with the fifth seed, in my opinion. But you know, there's probably a way we cannot be the fifth seed even with a loss. But we'll get into scenarios a little bit more on on Friday after that game because really after that the Iowa Michigan game will really be what determines pretty much where everybody's going to seat out based on on that, in my opinion. So. And and, I, and for the workaholics you're giving, you know, thank you guys for being here and 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 all the support you guys are giving us. So, yeah. so yeah. in terms of games coming up for the Big Ten outside of us, uh, Nebraska beat Wisconsin tonight, but um, Michigan and Michigan State play on Thursday. That will be an interesting one to watch. Iowa mm -hmm. and Rutgers. Um, otherwise, yeah, I guess Ohio State is playing Penn State, but I'm not too too worried about that one. And then we have us on Friday, so. Um, and then after that, to close out the season, you have Sunday. There's quite a few games, but I think the big one to watch on Sunday is the Iowa-Michigan game. Yeah. As far as for us, the seeding, because you really want, you're just really wanting to focus on those teams toward the top. You, you yeah, have Ohio Michigan. State. Yeah, and Ohio State. So you got to you got to factor Ohio State in there. And Ohio State really kind of has the nice, easy schedule here at the end. Of all the other teams who are competing, right. that were in that mix for the title, um, and Michigan State hasn't played real well, but they beat Michigan in East Lansing, which would make me think that Michigan's going to be ready come th you know tomorrow night for the Spartans to come to Ann Arbor. 
Yeah. Yep. So Iowa, or I'm sorry, Ohio State plays Michigan State on Sunday. So yeah, that's how they'll close out their season. But yeah, that Michigan Iowa game could be could be pretty pretty darn interesting. At a minimum, I bet it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So all <laughs> right. Then there, hey, uh, Clark, it'd be it'd be fun. Hey, stick around here yeah. real quick. I want to talk to you real quick before you head before we head out. But we're gonna talk, we'll see everybody else, and and we'll talk to you guys Friday night. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>